You're listening to the Promised Church's Message of the Week. We hope you enjoy this teaching by Pastor Aaron. For more information about who we are, please visit us at thepromisechurch.com. Good morning. Good morning. We're so glad that you are joining us today. If maybe this is your first time uh, watching us, maybe you've been watching us for a couple of weeks and you're like, why is everybody there so happy and full of joy and excited? It's because our lives have been radically transformed by the power of Jesus. And if you hang with me for the next couple of minutes, next 20 or 30 minutes, I'm going to tell you a little bit about that. There's a number that is actually going just up on your screen right now as well. We want you to text us any prayer requests you have. In just a little bit, we're going to begin to pray over those prayer requests. So there's a number on your screen. Text that number right now. And whatever you're going through in your life, we want to stand there with you. We want to believe that God is greater than what you're going through. So shoot us a text. We're going to pray together. But we just want to thank you for joining us, whether you're in your living room, maybe you're in your car listening, maybe you're in the bathroom, maybe you're in another city or in another state. Uh, It's a privilege of ours to host you. And at some point, when we get back to gathering together again, it's going to be a joyous occasion. It's going to be a party. So get ready. We don't know when it's going to be. Hopefully, it's not too far away from now. But get ready. And we want to invite you. If you've never joined with us uh, personally, um, we look forward to having you here. Uh, But today, I've got a word for you that I believe is going to bless you. It's going to encourage you. Uh, Grab your Bibles and turn them to Daniel chapter 3. We're going to begin a new series today, and we're going to, it's going to go on for the next couple of weeks, and it's going to be about the subject of faith, the subject of faith, and I believe that God wants to implant in your heart today faith for this season, and we're going to talk a lot, a, bit, a lot about this, but in this story, we read about these Hebrew children who have been brought into captivity into Babylon. If you've been in church for longer than five minutes, you've probably heard of this story before about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Uh, If you've been in Sunday school, you've definitely heard about this. I remember being in the portables, almost at the porter potties. We did not gather in porta potties for our Sunday school. That would be disgusting. We were in portables next to our an old church building, and it was cold and damp and the little space heaters. But I remember learning about this particular story and the little bulletin board with the stick figures and this story about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these Hebrew children were brought uh, into Babylon to serve underneath King Nebuchadnezzar. Man, how'd you like that name? It's right behind, like, King Jehoshaphat in terms of naming your children terrible names. So King Nebuchadnezzar and this dude was full of himself. He thought he was the best guy since sliced bread. And I don't even know if they had sliced bread back then, but he he thought he was awesome. So he built this 90-foot statue, super tall statue, and said when the music plays, which was probably country music, because it is not the Lord's music. Sorry. I know there's a lot of... I know they're the best musicians in the world, but it was probably country music. And he said, when the country music, when Garth Brooks starts playing, you're all to bow down and to worship this idol. Now, this dude was full of himself, and he said, if you don't do it, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to throw you into the fiery furnace. I mean, he's going to send you alive. And so we know the story. We pick this up. The music plays, and these three boys... Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they stay standing. Everybody else is bowing around them, but they stay standing. And I want to pick this up in verse 16 in Daniel chapter 3. And it says this, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king, 
We do not need to defend ourselves. They're standing in front of the king. The king is saying, I'll give you another chance. If you will bow down, you can live. If you won't, you will face the furnace. They say, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. For if we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God that we serve is able. Now, wherever you're at, just say able. Come on, say that. Look at your children and say, my God is able. Able to deliver us from it. And he will surely deliver us from your majesty's hand. Now, notice this in verse 18. But even if he does not... But even if he doesn't. Now notice this. Here's these boys, and they're saying, our God is able, and we believe that he will deliver us. But even if he doesn't, but even if God doesn't deliver me, even if God doesn't provide for me, even if God doesn't do what I ask him to do, I will not bow. I will not bow down to your idol. And I believe this season Starting right now, the Lord is going to begin to deposit faith like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego into your heart. Faith for this season, and not just faith to go back to the way that things were, but I believe that God wants to give you faith for what he wants to do. So there's some things that I like to leave behind me. We all want to go back to the way things were, but there's some things I don't want to go back to. Maybe for you, there's some pain or there's some uncertainty or questions that you're like, I I don't want to go back to that normal. And I believe that God is beginning to give us faith, not just to go back, but actually to go forward. That God's bringing us into something through this season, not to try to recreate where we were. I don't want to go back to those same questions. I don't want to go back to that same pain. I don't want to go back to that same shame or doubt or irritation or anger or whatever is going on in my life. I want faith to move forward into what God has for me. And I believe that God is beginning to take us forward into him. I gotta tell you, Promise Church, I'm not, I'm not full of faith to go backwards. I'm full of faith to go forwards. And I believe that God's gonna deposit that in many hearts today. That God's beginning to prepare a way for you to come into a season of freedom, a season of peace, and joy and assurance in him. But we've gotta ask ourselves, what is this question of faith? I, as I was Uh, kind of preparing this series and preparing this message, I had to kind of like investigate what faith is. Like faith, faith is a deep topic. Like I I almost didn't know how to describe it when I first sat down and it's like trying to describe time. Like time, you can't quite figure out how to describe it. It's, or eternity. Like try to think about eternity. Like you're gonna live forever with Jesus. Or that God existed forever. He's always been like, your mind will kind of explode. Faith is kind of the same thing. Like there's a lot of depth to this topic of faith. And we use it pretty regularly in our, in our regular conversation. We'll be, say things like, I have a lot of faith in my government, or I have a lot of faith in my physician. Like I'm going to go to the doctor, I have faith in my physician, or I have faith in my sports team. Or we say something like, I have faith in myself. Ultimately, faith is is this belief in the stability and the reliability of something. Like I can depend on it. I have faith that it's gonna be there. I have faith that it's gonna do what I expect it to do. Like I have faith in my government because it's been around for hundreds of years and it's gonna take care of me. Or I have faith in a physician because they've gone to school for 20 years and spent $500,000 and I'm not their first patient, praise God. No one wants to be a physician's first patient. Or I I have faith in my sports team because 
Russell Wilson is the quarterback, and no matter what team Tom Brady is on this year, they will kick their butt and they will win the Super Bowl. Can I get an amen from somebody who lives in the state of Washington? I have faith in myself. Or there's certain things that I don't have faith in because my ability isn't strong. Like my, my wife, she has faith. She has faith in her baking ability or her cooking ability because she's made a lot of food. I've, I've gained a lot of weight since we've been married. Um, but I don't have a lot of faith in mine because I don't cook as often. Now, my children, we did a, we did a test last Sunday after church. We got my kids together and their, their cousins and we, we set out all the ingredients of how, now y'all should do this, this is pretty fun. We set out all the ingredients of how to make a chocolate chip cookie. We put out the brown sugar, we put out the flour, we put out the salt, we put out the chocolate chips. And I'm sure there's any other ingredients, I just don't know how to make a chocolate chip cookie very well. But we put them all out in front of them. And we didn't give them a recipe. And we said, okay, whoever makes the best cookie wins. And we, we tasted them at the end to decide. Now, one person put in like a ton of salt and it was like eating a potato chip wrapped in chocolate. Another person didn't put in any salt and it didn't taste like anything. One person forgot the flour, which you can imagine what happened at that point. But they didn't have, beforehand, they were getting stressed and worried like, what if it doesn't turn out? Because they didn't have faith in themselves because they didn't believe in the reliability or the dependability or the stability of themselves. See, my wife has faith in her cooking, praise God, because she's made a lot of things. She's made a lot of dozens of chocolate chip cookies over time. So when she makes chocolate chip cookies, I know, my children know, my neighbors know, my friends know, my family, everybody knows that those cookies are going to be amazing because my wife has faith in her abilities. We all have faith in her abilities because she's good. See, faith in God is actually very similar. It's our belief in the ability, the, the reliability of the Lord. See, we may change. We may adapt and think differently, but our God does not change. And he will always be with you. And the promises that we read about in Scripture, those promises are still true today. So we can have strength. We can have confidence. We can have assurance because our God never changes. Our God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. See, our faith is really a releasing of control. This is why this scripture of Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego is so interesting because faith is not just about asking the question, is God able? But faith is also asking the question, is God willing? Is God willing? See, if faith is not saying, I'll believe in God only if... I'll believe for this miracle only if faith is in God. I believe in God's ability and his sovereignty. I believe not only is he able, but God, I put my trust in you and say, even if you're willing. This is Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We will not bow because our God is able. But even if he doesn't deliver me, even if he doesn't protect us, we still will not bow. See, oftentimes this faith journey, which it is a journey. We, we like to, to like know everything that's going to happen. Like, can, can you just tell me the end of the story? Like, is it all going to work? Like I'm believing right now that I'm going to get my job back. So can you just, I'll have faith if you could just tell me, will I get it back? Or I have faith that I will get married because I've been waiting for a husband to come. Can you just like it? And if you tell me I'll get a husband, then I will have faith today. So that's not how faith works. 
we don't know what's going to happen. There, there's a scripture that many of us know that says we walk by faith and not by sight. We walk by faith. See, I might not know what is down the road. See, we live in this journey of life where, where we, we have inroads and outroads and it weaves and it moves and it, I don't have any other adjectives. It changes. And, and as we're going, we don't know what is around the next bend. All we know is what's right in front of us. See, faith is this. Write this down. Faith begins with the first step. Oftentimes, we feel like we need faith for three years from now. All God is saying is, do you have faith to just take that first step? Faith for this moment. And then when you take that first step of faith, you're like, well, I don't have faith for what I'm really believing for. But do you have faith for today? Do you have faith to get out of bed? Do you have faith to, for, that your marriage can make it through today? Do you have faith that, that your bank account will survive one more day? Like, God wants to just give you faith, even if it's just for one step. And then as you take that first step, the Bible says that your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. God begins to illuminate your path as you begin to take those steps of faith. See, if we walk by faith and not by sight, we've got to realize that what I see What I see with my eyes does not determine my faith. If what I see does not determine where I'm going, then what I see should not determine my faith. Why? Because my faith is squarely rooted in Jesus. My faith is in Him. And so I might not know where I'm going. And see, oftentimes we like to think that, well, God needs to give me all the faith I need for the rest of my life. You know, like the story of David and Goliath? David stands before Goliath with a slingshot to kill the man that the Philistines have brought out to defeat all of Israel. Did you know why he had faith for that moment? Because previously, God brought a bear to him, and he had to kill the bear to protect his sheep. And then he brought a lion, and he had to kill the lion to protect his sheep. And those moments developed faith in his heart so that he had the faith to face Goliath. God uses this journey of life to give you faith for the next step. And then he gives you faith for the next step. And the Bible talks about how we go from glory to glory to glory. Your faith is going increasing and it's increasing and it's increasing so that you can handle what comes your way. Faith is a journey. And God wants to bring you on this journey of life to where we realize that my faith is what's guiding me. My faith is what's leading me. The Bible says that Jesus is the author and perfecter of our faith. That means that faith comes from him. Faith comes from Jesus. So rather than looking at what's around me, what I choose to do rather is I choose to look squarely at Jesus and I keep my eyes focused on Jesus. And as I watch him, my faith gets built up. As I watch him, I begin to have faith for what's in front of me today. As I watch him, I begin to have faith to not bow down to the idols. As I watch him, I realize, God, if all I have is you and nothing else, that's enough for me. My faith is found in Jesus. That's where it lies. Let me read a scripture for you. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 says this. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Another translation says it is the confidence in what we hope for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is the evidence of things not seen. Now just 
I just need help right now because I'm talking to an empty room. So can you just say amen just to make me feel good about myself? Just like type it in the comments so it helps me. I feel like I'm doing a good job. Thank you. It's really weird speaking to an empty room. Faith is the evidence of things hoped for. Now, evidence is interesting because if you've watched CSI ever in your life, praise God for CSI, taught me what courtroom drama and evidence is. Evidence is proof. Proof that somebody is guilty or proof that somebody is innocent. Evidence is a fact. So basically what this scripture is saying is that the things that I'm hoping for, like right now I don't have a job, but I believe that I will get a job in the future. The evidence that that is going to happen, the proof of that is the faith that I have today. Think about that for a moment. The proof that God is going to bring me breakthrough in my life is the evidence that I possess today. That's that's the proof that that's going to happen. But see, it's not the faith that I have in my abilities to get there. It's the faith I have in Jesus to bring me there. See, your faith must be rooted and grounded in him and him alone. If it's found in your abilities, you'll let yourself down. If it's found in somebody else, they'll disappoint you. If it's found in your job or your career or your money or your family, you will be disappointed. But when your faith is solely found in Jesus, you will never leave discouraged. You will always find fulfillment in life because your faith is squarely rooted in the one that never lets you down. Faith is the evidence of things hoped for. Let me explain it another way. If you're thinking of like gravity, what is the evidence of gravity? Well, climb a ladder, fall off, fall off and there's your evidence. It's proof. Or like Wi-Fi. Like I don't even know what Wi-Fi stands for. I just know that right now my kids are surviving quarantine because of Wi-Fi or the cloud like if you're 60 and over watching right now you might not know you might think I'm talking about a cumulonimbus cloud I don't know if I said that right you might talking about something in the sky but the cloud is something you save things from your I don't know how to explain it but it goes into the cloud and it stays there and I can access it and it's data and pictures pictures are in the cloud and you're thinking man you're going crazy the quarantine's getting to there is a cloud you can save see things like this we can't we can't prove it I can't show it to you I can't touch it right but we know it's real this is the same way the faith that you have is your proof that what you're believing for is real and I stand, my faith is rooted in the promises of God. That brings my confidence in the assurance of the Lord, in the things in the word of God, in the things that he has spoken to me. My faith begins to get built up and my confidence that what is going to come will come because of what God has shown me. Your, there, there's a the scripture, I'm not, I don't have time to read it, but Paul who wrote two thirds of the New Testament, many of us read his, his, his verses every day, says this, Fight the good fight of faith. Fight the good fight of faith. See, your faith is, a, is in a fight, whether you know it or not. You're in a fight to protect your faith. There are things constantly coming up against you to try to tear you down. And there's different people that I've heard of lately who have who've made statements like, I think I'm losing my faith. I think my faith is gone. I don't, I don't even know what I believe in anymore. There are things the devil is trying to destroy your faith. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had a moment where their faith was tested. 
and they had a choice to make, just like many of us are having to make right now. Because the, the music, Garth Brooks was playing his country song, and they had a decision to make. Will I bow down to this idol, or will I remain in my faith? There's a story that many of us know. It's Peter when he walks on the water, and Jesus is there on the water, and the disciples are in the boat, and Jesus is walking on the water, and Peter calls out to him and says, Jesus, if it's really you, bid me to come to you. And so Jesus says, well, then come. Then come. If you, if you want to, come. And so Peter steps out of the boat, and he begins. I can just imagine, like, that first step. He's probably, like, celebrating but nervous. By that second step, he's looking back at his disciples like, bro, I'm legit. I'm Messiah 2.0. Like he's thinking, he's, he's really excited about himself. And he takes a couple more steps. All of a sudden, he begins to notice the winds and the waves around him. Once he notices the winds and the waves, he begins to sink in the water. Those winds and those waves are all around us today. Those things trying their best to tear our faith down, to tear our hope down, to say you're never going to make it. This isn't going to work out. You're not going to survive this. No one cares about you. The money's never going to be there. Just go back. Just quit. Just give up. Just lose your faith. The wind and the waves are going to begin to pound you again and again and again. How would Peter have remained standing on that water if he had stayed focused on Jesus? the author and the perfecter and the giver of his faith. See, you and I, we need to begin to guard our faith. We need to begin to protect it and make sure that nothing comes against it. We need to begin to nurture it. That Before I got married to my wife, um, I was like 19 or 20 years old, and I, I was the last child to get married in my family. And so, to describe it kindly, my mom was a very protective mama bear. Like, so before my wife and I got married, Tash would come over, before we even started dating, she'd come over to my house because I would secretly say, hey, there's a 24, the TV show is on right now and Jack Bauer is going to become president someday, and so you should come over and watch it with me, praise God, for long TV shows. And so I'd invite her over. My mom would meet her at the door and be like, what do you want? Trying, trying to protect her baby boy. And uh, I love you, mom. I know you're watching right now. And so... I remember when it came time where I wanted to start dating her, and uh, she, she was gone out of, out of the state for a couple of weeks, and distance makes the heart grow fonder. Hallelujah. And, and so I went to my parents. Now, my dad loved her. My dad, was, my dad and my wife are like two peas in a pod. So I went to my parents and said, guys, I, I really want to date Tash. And my dad's like, praise God, this is amazing. She's the best girl in the world. And my mom's like, I'm going to pray about it. Hallelujah. So she left to go upstairs to her room for two hours to pray about this. The longest two hours of my life. I went into the TV room. I began to watch TV. I began to pray in the Holy Spirit. Just ask God, if there was ever a moment for you to talk to my wife, let this be that moment. You've got to tell her, like, this is good. So I'm like sweating. I remember it. It scarred me for life. Waiting. Those two hours lasted two days. And... She finally came down the stairs. I waited with bated breath. I think that's in Songs of Solomon or something. I waited with bated breath. And she came into the room. And she's like, Aaron, I've prayed about it. You can date Tasha. The Holy Spirit told me. And I was like, 
Hallelujah. I, I mean, I think I danced. I worshiped. But see, my mom wanted to protect me. She wanted to guard me. She wanted to make sure that nothing would, would hurt me. No girl would come into my life that wasn't supposed to. Like, this is how we need to be about our faith. This is how we need to be thinking about this. Like, I don't, I, I don't want anything to come, to, to come and affect and influence my faith except for one thing, and that is the Word of God. I want Jesus to be the only thing that my eyes gaze upon and not the wind and the waves. So I want to give you just a few ways to guard your faith. The first one is this, is read your Bible. The Word says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. If you're not reading your Bible every day, I'm telling you, you are probably losing at the fight of faith. You need to be reading the Word of God, meditating it, studying on it, like let this thing be absorbed in your life. Wake up early and read it. Read it to your children at the dining room table. Read it at night. Memorize what this says. Number two is listen to the voice of God. Hearing com- Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It's not just hearing through the word, but God is still speaking today. So you protect and you guard your faith by spending, t- spending time alone with Jesus. Listening. Being quiet letting him speak to you turning off distractions like even now putting aside every distraction saying Jesus I want my faith to grow I want my faith to arise setting aside so you can listen number three is worship just like what we got done doing I tell you anytime I I have gone through some things I feel like this last two weeks I've been studying this message for myself like I've been going through some things my wife has been going through some things where we're like my, my faith is being tested. Like it is getting demolished right now. And I was feeling stressed. I was feeling anxious. I was feeling worried. And I'm like, Lord, just take me. Like just deliver me from this moment. And as I begin to be studying for this message, the Lord's like, this message is for you. Like you need to be able to be stable and you need to find rest and you need to find peace in the midst of walking on the water. Do you understand that when Peter walked on that water, it was one of the greatest miracles at that time. He was walking on the water. At the same time, there was a storm all around him. Sometimes the greatest places where your miracles, where your breakthrough comes is in the midst of a storm. It's in the midst of chaos. And I believe that God wants to deposit faith in your heart today. That whether you're battling financial issues right now because of COVID, whether you're battling marriage issues, whether there's things going on with your kids, whether you're battling uncertainties of life or pain in your body, maybe there's relational conflict, maybe there's just questions about God and your faith. I believe that God wants to come right now and bring assurance and a confidence and the faith inside of you. But it begins by you stop looking at everything else and just looking at Jesus. And I gotta tell you, when I just begin to worship and praise and thank the Lord, faith begin to be deposited in my heart. Peace begin to come. There's power in your praise. There's power in your worship. The fourth one is this, is be around other people. Right now, that is a little difficult. But you can be creative. There's a scripture in Hebrews which talks about encourage one another daily. I want each of you watching right now to find free people in your phone that you can text, call, email, FaceTime, Zoom, Google Chat, whatever you need to do, show up outside their their house, yell through their window, whatever it looks like, 
but to send them encouragement every day. Because maybe you're the one who needs encouragement, but I tell you, as you're encouraging other people, you're going to begin to be encouraged. Faith is contagious. Faith is contagious. You want to know what else is contagious, though? Hopelessness. So if you're not giving out faith, something else is probably getting absorbed in their life. Find three people right now. Tell it to your spouse. Tell it to your children. These are the three people I'm going to do. I'm going to send them encouragement every day for the next week. This is our seven-day everyday encourager challenge. That's a long hashtag. Every day for the next week, you're going to send a text message. You're going to call them. You're going to give them a Bible verse. You're going to send them a message of encouragement or hope. You're going to pray for them. You're going to call them and ask them how they're doing every day for the next seven days. Imagine if all of us did this, how much faith and hope would be filling those in this area. See, when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stood up and said, we will not bow, I got a feeling that all the other Hebrews that happened to be there at that time who compromised and bowed down to the idol, they all looked at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and said, you guys are stupid. Don't you know what's going to happen to you? But when the king threw them in the fire and they survived, do you know how much faith was in everybody else watching? Your faith, as you begin to live a life of faith, it begins to be contagious to those around you and people begin to watch how you're living in life and say, if they can make it, I can do it. If they can be excited about life, I can be excited about life. If they can have hope and peace, I can have hope and peace. Your life is a is an opportunity right now as believers to be able to stand up and stand strong. This is not a time for the church to be quiet. This is not a time for you to ignore your friends. This is not a time for you to just watch TV all day. This is a time for you to be loud, to begin to let those around you know that there's hope and that hope is found in Jesus. So will you do that? Will you find three people and begin to encourage them? I want to read you this. Hebrews eleven six 6 says, But without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Let me tell you this. Faith is powerful. Faith is powerful. It is potent. There's a verse that's not going to be on your screen, but it's Matthew 21, 22. It says, Whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive if. You will receive it if you have faith. Faith is powerful. There are so many stories in the gospel where somebody came to Jesus and said, Jesus, will you do this for me? And he said, because you had faith. Faith is the igniter of breakthrough. Faith is the evidence of things that are about to come. And I believe that God wants to deposit that in you. He wants to deposit the faith that can move mountains. The same faith that Noah had when he built an ark because a flood was coming. And he didn't even know what a flood was. The same faith that Moses had when he stepped into the Red Sea and the Red Sea parted. The same faith that that the Israelites had when they walked around Jericho and they lifted up a shout and the walls came down. The same faith that Deborah had as she began to pray and intercede for her son, but her womb was closed. But as she prayed, breakthrough came. The same faith that, that Elisha had when he was called by Elijah and he left everything to follow him. The same faith 
faith that David had when he ran to Goliath. He ran to him. The same faith that Paul and Silas had when they were in the prisons and began to worship. And as they worshiped, the prison doors were open. The same faith that the disciples had when Jesus came to them and he said, follow me. Leave everything behind. And they left it all and followed him. That same faith. I believe that God wants to put that in you. That same faith in Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that said, we will not bow because my God is able. But even if he doesn't, I will not bow because I'd rather walk in obedience to him. I'd rather spend the time with him than do anything else. That faith can move mountains. That faith can bring breakthrough. That faith can save a city. That faith can move a family from, de- from depression and isolation and loneliness. It can, re- it can move a person from financial strain and lack of peace and doubt and shame. It can bring hope. It can bring peace. God's looking for your faith. He's looking for you to release control. We had Easter a couple of weeks ago. You want to know the only way to experience resurrection power? The only way for the power of the resurrection to be in your life is to die first. Resurrection power comes after death. Dying to self. Dying to what you need. And saying, God, I'll follow you. See, the Bible says that trust in the Lord with all of your heart. And lean not on your own understanding, your own plans, your own needs, your own, your own thoughts. And it has to go this way. And in all your ways, acknowledge him. And he will direct it. Not according to what you want. But my God knows best. That same faith. See, I started working out a couple weeks ago, months ago, almost a year ago. Praise God, it feels like it was a long time ago. And if you could have seen me at that moment, I had muscles. Now, there's not a lot left because I've been in quarantine mode and eating every minute of every day. But there was a time where I was pumping iron and I wouldn't be able to fit into this jacket. I may have just lied. But I was working out. And I'll tell you, the first time I started working out, I was sore. Like, I was exhausted. Like, I had aches in my body in places I had never ached before. But those aches were the proof that growth was happening. They were the evidence that something was changing in my life. Some of you have faith pains right now. Like, you're feeling sore in your faith, and that's okay. It's evidence of growth. Some of you are asking yourself questions you would never have asked yourself. What do I believe? What's happening right now? Are these promises real? Is God going to be with me? You're asking yourself questions you would have never asked, and that's okay. But see, faith is coming into your room right now. Some of you are already getting encouraged. Some of you are already getting full of faith and beginning to believe, I can do it, make this through. I can get through this. This is going to happen. God is going to bless me. The promises and the word of God are for me. But see, I want us as a church to begin to have faith in our lives, not just to go back to the way that things once were. See, I am Peter on that water right now. You are Peter on that water. I want faith not to go back to the boat. I want faith to keep walking on the water towards Jesus. And I believe that Jesus is about ready to deposit faith in your home, in your heart right now. Not to go back. 
Not so the old normal comes back again, but faith to begin to move forward. Faith to begin to say, God, I'm leaving the old behind me and I'm stepping into joy. I'm leaving shame behind me and I'm stepping into freedom. I'm leaving discouragement behind me and I'm stepping into peace and hope and joy and life and abundance. Because why? I'm walking towards Jesus. I'm not getting distracted by the winds and the waves. I'm not bowing down to the idol of fear. I'm not bowing down to the idol of of discouragement and hopelessness. I am staying fixated on Jesus and whatever may come my way my God is able to deliver me whatever may happen to me my God is able I got a feeling that today faith when it comes and deposits itself in your heart you're going to begin to think differently you're going to begin to see the future differently because no longer are you wishing to go back you're looking forward you're looking forward and what's in front of you as you look for Jesus Jesus is right in front of you Today, I want to pray for you. We're going to pray over some of the prayer requests that have come through the text line. If you haven't already and you've got a prayer that you need, if you need help, we want to pray with you. You can send us a text. The number's on your screen right now. But I'm going to pray that faith fills your home. If you're watching, you're listening, and you're saying, man, I need that. I'm feeling hopeless right now. I didn't even know what faith was. I thought I was losing my faith. I I need some some assurance that that this is going going to get better. I believe God's going to give you faith. So if that's you, I just want you to close your eyes and I want you to receive faith. So Lord, we ask God that every person right now that is feeling like they're facing an impossibility, every person right now who's seeing the wind and the waves, they're seeing the idol of fear and discouragement in front of them. Lord, I, I ask that you bring hope and faith into their heart. God, that they would begin to take their eyes off of what's around them and they'd begin to place them squarely on you. God, that no longer would they begin to walk and live based upon what they see, but they would walk by faith. Every lie that's been believed, God's saying they won't make it. We come against that in Jesus' name. Hope and peace and rest in you, Jesus. And if you're watching today and you're saying, man, I really want that faith in Jesus. I've never said yes to him before. I've never given my life to him. I'm hearing what you're saying, and I want that. I've never experienced peace. I've never followed him. I would ask that you would pray with me. And you're going to feel the presence of God. The Holy Spirit is going to touch your heart. He's going to fill your room. And you're going to feel the tangible presence of the creator of the universe. So if that's you and you're saying, I want to make that decision today, I want to give my life to him, and I've never done it before. I've been living for myself. I've been doing it my way, and I want to do it God's way. Would you pray this prayer with me? Say, Jesus, I say yes to you today. I surrender my life. I don't want to go my way any longer. Forgive me of my sins. I repent for doing it my way. Holy Spirit, fill my life. I want to give every day to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, would you let us know? Would you just put in the comments? Would you send us a private message? If you're watching today and the Lord has encouraged you, you feel like your faith has risen, your faith has been, has been, something has been deposited in your life, would you let us know? 
We want to know what God is doing. We're going we're gonna to begin to pray in just a minute over some prayer requests. And I believe that the Lord is going to begin to move upon many of you. The Lord spoke to me back in September of last year. And he said, get ready because I'm about ready to come and show you crazy miracles. So begin to let your faith grow. And I begin to spend weeks and months just studying miracles in the Word. Hearing stories and testimonies to so my faith, my expectancy would begin to rise to what God wants to do. And I believe as we begin to pray that there's going to be miracles through a camera, onto your phone, into your living room, through your computer and your TV, that you're going to begin to receive healing and freedom. Depression is going to be broken. Anxiety is going to leave. Stress is going to go. Pain and cancer and, and, and migraines are going to be broken in Jesus' name. So we're going to begin to pray over some of these texts that have come in. Let's practice praying in faith this morning. I don't, I don't want to be standing up here with Pastor Aaron and praying, but I want you to be praying as we pray for these ones because it's, it's by Christ in us, the hope of glory that saves that heals, that restores. There's nothing special about me. There's nothing special about Pastor Aaron, but simply we just believe in faith that Jesus is the healer today. He's the healer yesterday, and he's the healer tomorrow. And so as we pray for these, I just encourage you for the next few moments, hang with us, pray with us wherever you're at. Uh, Let's be intentional about this, and let's just see Jesus come into the houses and completely eradicate uh, diseases and completely heal people and of depression, anxiety, you name it. So uh, first, let's pray for marriages. Father, I I pray right now for healing in marriages, Lord. Uh, Wherever you're at right now, if you have a a marriage issue, I, I pray that you just begin to pray out, begin to cry out that Jesus comes and meets you in the middle. So Father, I pray right now just for complete rest in houses, Lord, where moms and dads are at ends with one another. Father, I pray that the that the power of God hits their house and God that you come to be the center again. Father, I pray for financial issues, Lord, that that is causing stress between moms and dads, between parents, Lord, that you bring a restoration, you bring a peace and a reassurance, Lord, that you're coming and you're with them today, Lord, that you're never going to leave them, that you see the other side of the mountain, Lord, that you're with them in the storm and that you're with them right now, Lord. I pray for marriages on the brink of divorce. God, I pray that you are the restorer. You are the greatest counselor, Lord. So I pray, Lord, that ones that are going to other counselors that are trying to give good opinions, Lord. I'm not against it, but God, I am for you, that you are the standard, that you are the head. So Father, I pray, Lord, that if people are running to other things other than you, God, I pray that they begin to turn their focus to you, and they begin to put their faith and hope on the name of Jesus Christ, the Redeemer that is of today and of tomorrow, in Jesus' name. All right, we're going to pray for healing right now. So if you're feeling sick, if you've got any doctor's report, if you're suffering from the coronavirus and you're watching, we're going to begin to believe for healing in your body. So there's a couple people, Mason for his neck, Kay for arthritis, Evie for muscle disease, John, you're watching, you have cancer. If you, if you have anything else in your body, we're going to believe for healing in Jesus' name. So Lord, we ask, Father, for the power of God to come into these homes, into each person who's watching. Pain, leave in the name of Jesus. Father, when you died on the cross 2,000 years ago, you broke the power of disease, 
You broke pain. You defeated cancer. You defeated arthritis. So God, we receive today the power of the Holy Spirit. Come right now and bring healing in Jesus' name. I want you to test it out if you're watching. Test out what you, whatever pain you had. If you had pain in your neck, begin to move it from side to side. If you had arthritis, I want you to begin just to try it out in your hands. If you had anything else, pain in your back or your knee. I've, I've really felt like this. People have been suffering from migraines. If you've been having migraines, I believe that God is healing you right now. You're never going to have them again. You're going to sleep peacefully. You're not going to have them during the daytime. You're not going to have them at light. But you are going to have peace in your mind. Migraines be broken in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Also, if, if there's somebody watching and you have a tumor or something on your right side, on your right side, if there's a tumor that you that you had a doctor's report, and I, I believe that you might not even know if it's cancerous or not, but you're worried right now. You're like, I don't know what this is. I believe that you're going to begin to see it dissipate and go away. That tumor is going to be removed in Jesus' name. Father, we pray for addictions right now, and we place the blood of Jesus upon everyone that is fighting addictions. And what I want you to do in faith right now, if you have an addiction to pornography, if you have an addiction to drinking, to, to doing drugs, whatever it is, if there is an addiction in your life, I encourage you right now in faith to grab the blood of Jesus and place it place it. Don't just generically, but take it and place it on whatever it is that you are fighting uh, uh, addictions for. I pray in Jesus' mighty name that that addictions are broken in this time, that this is not going to be a time of ones falling back into addictions because they're at home and don't have things to do. But God, I pray that disciplines begin to begin to put in place simply that they'll run to you, God, the Redeemer, the Savior, the Healer, the, the one that is there for us in every time of need. So Father, I pray that every person fighting with addictions, God, we place the blood of Jesus upon every one of them. God, upon their head, upon their feet, God, every part of them, God, be covered in the blood of Jesus. And I pray, Lord, that when the temptation comes, the accuser comes of the brethren, Lord, that we have victory because of the blood of Jesus, the blood that was shed on the cross, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world, God, that we put our focus on you, that we are saved by the redeeming power of the blood of Jesus. In Jesus' name. All right, we're going to pray over some finances. If you are, are, are not at work right now, you're, you don't have a job, you don't have income coming in, we want to pray for you. There's a few that have, have texted in about needing to see breakthrough. Uh, one, uh, Bridget, your small business. I, I believe that God is going to supernaturally provide for you that he's gonna bring income in from unexpected sources for Becca to go back to work again. Father, I ask that each person who has lost their job, Father, I thank you that you are our provider. You are our, our, our resource. God is not our job, is not the government, it's not, it's not anybody else but you. So God, we rest in the assurance, Father, that you are our provider. We stand on that promise that you will never leave us, that you will never forsake us. God, that you will bring in the finances when they need to come in. God, that you will bring in business to those who can't, who can't offer their services right now. Father, I even ask for new creative ways 
for business owners to make money right now, creative ways for them to get through this season. God, I ask for those that are currently stressed and fighting just anxiety and depression right now because of their money. God, that you'd bring peace into their home. Bring peace into marriages right now. In Jesus' name. Lord, I pray for the nation of America. Father, I pray for the church body in large. Lord, I pray for unity in Jesus' name. God, going forward from this this crisis, this virus that's hit, Lord, I pray that when we come out of it, that there's such unity in the body of Christ, there's no more division. God, that pastors can set down their egos and their mottos and what they think is right. And Jesus, we'll simply just turn to you. There's life in the name of Jesus. It says in Colossians that Jesus is life itself. So Father, I pray as, as the church gets back to normal, whatever normal is, God, I pray that there's a unity in the body of Christ. Father, I pray for the, the leaders over America. I pray for, for President Trump, Lord. I pray for the ones that are around him. I pray for the ones at the White House, the ones that disagree, Lord. I pray that there'll be such unity. God, that with all the political debate and all the nonsense, let you be the head. It's not about who we vote for. It's not about what we think. It's all about you. So, Father, I pray just a unity in the nation. Let us become strong in you. What America truly became founded on, Jesus. God, let us put our eyes on you in this time, Lord. In Jesus' name. Father, we pray in closing for some individuals, Lord. We pray for a radical encounter with Jesus for Jaden. Father, I pray right now wherever Jaden is, Lord, you meet him whether he's watching, whether he's in his room, wherever he is, God, I pray for his heart, God, that you see him, that you know him by name, that, God, you knew him before he was even formed in his mother's womb. You knew the plan set before him, God. So, Lord, I pray for Jaden's life right now that he has such an encounter with the Holy Spirit, that you meet with him, God, in a radical and crazy encounter. Father, I pray for Ruth right now, Lord, that as she wants to become disciplined and going to the secret place, Father, I pray right now that she wakes up in the morning with her heart beating, wanting to meet with you. Father, I pray that everything else that seems like she wants to do just pales in comparison to being with you. And Father, I pray that when she's doing things, Lord, that she's going about her day and you simply say, come away with me, spend 10 minutes with me, Lord, that she'll be obedient and she'll obey the voice of God. That she'll say, yes, I'll take that 10 minutes. Yes, I know you want to speak with me. She'll begin to run to the secret place and shut the door as you talk about, Lord, that we must be good at shutting the door and meeting with you. God, I pray for everybody in the body of Christ to begin to know you in a deeper way. God, with all of us, that when we're about our day, Lord, that when you say, come away with us, we simply do. Father, let us hear your voice. Let us know your voice. 
In this time, Lord, we pray. Father, we worship you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen and amen.